Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hour number three to get right. We're Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan live at Eagles Nest in yes, Fort Worth sir. on this Friday night NCAA tournament Friday night. The Mavericks taking on the Lakers in about 30 minutes as the Mavericks try to get a game above 500. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, my man Regal Mendoza holding it back down for you at our DFWsecurity.com studios. DetroitRed.com text line 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. 1053 if you want to get in on the conversation live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam and on YouTube as well. Eight burning questions that have to be answered after the first week of NFL free agency Question number has one, concluded. Will I regret the Irish car bomb that I just did with uh, Pastry Chef Eric, Eric Chiafalo, and Zach Wolchuk? Uh Probably. Actually, Wolchuk didn't do one. I, I don't want to lie about it. Oh, that grilled chicken right here. Appreciate you. Appreciate oh, wow. You. We've, yeah, got, we've got a grilled oh, chicken sandwich. Actually, that one he wanted to ask for, but it looked good anyway. Let the people <laughs> see it. Let the people see it. Oh, show it off. I'm going to show it off really on the camera. That's and a, uh, do that so that I can get some of these wow, fries. Thank you, wow. sir. Oh, I got that some, worked that was, swimmingly. Yeah, that you was, love to see it. Yeah, I love to see it. That Just, was great. That's how you steal fries, ladies and gentlemen. He done stole my fries, that's right. my cheese sticks. That's correct. He stole all my food uh-huh. tonight. Hey, you the one of the – we were partners. Yes, that's right. Touche. There you go. Touche. Y'all making that food sound real good. How much do I have to pay? Y'all to uh, send me some 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 food, bring me some food uh, down here at the door station. DoorDash is closed <laughs> for the evening. Right. Okay, and we not enough. dashing nothing to your <laughs> door. <laughs> Eight burning NFL questions that have to be answered after the first week of free agency. This comes from Bill Barnwell of ESPN, the worldwide leader. As, of course, the NCAA tournament continues. The upset of the night. Fairly Dickinson University takes out the number one Purdue Boilermakers, becoming the, only the second Number 16 seed in NCAA history to win a round of 64 game against a number one seed. The Dallas Cowboys making a move today, retaining their backup quarterback. Shout out to Cooper Rush. Mm-hmm. Back for the Dallas Cowboys for at least the next couple of seasons to back up one reign to Dakota Prescott. But there are some other questions, threads that have to be answered around the National Football League. And, again, this comes from Bill Barnwell of ESPN. Let's start with question number one. The running back class has been very interesting to watch so far this offseason. Of course, Tony Pollard getting getting paid over $10 million to come back for the Dallas Cowboys at least as being franchise tag. They do have until mid-July to get a long-term deal done. Otherwise, he will play on that franchise tag 
for a little over $10 million. But the trade market for Austin Eckler, what does that look like? Because he has sought permission and been granted permission by the team to seek a trade this offseason. I have no idea, right? <laughs> like, and the, the tough thing about Especially this Especially at is, age 27 for him as well. But this is the tough thing about it, right? He's one of the few guys that you look up and you go, oh, no, the second contract on that running back worked swimmingly, right? He is still underpaid for the value that he gives you at the running back position, one as a runner, but two also as a pass catcher, and maybe more so as a pass catcher out of the backfield. So the tough thing about it, for the Chargers is that they've got money tied up in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. They've got money coming up in uh, Justin Herbert. And so you look around and you go, hey, man, we can't really afford to put extra money on this running back position. But that's a running back that looks up and goes, one, if you want to make money as a running back in this league, you got to get it as it is available or else you will not at all, right? So he's like, I need to get my money up. And they're like, go and see if you can find it elsewhere. And the question, the problem is, Look at all of the running backs that we would go around, anybody that knows a little bit of football, and ask them, are they good? And you would get a definitive yes. And they are also out here talking about go see if somebody else will pay you, right? You talk about Derrick Henry has been mentioned as a guy who has been shopped. Dalvin Cook has been mentioned as a guy Mm -hmm. who has been shopped, right? All these guys that are no longer on their rookie contract, I don't know where you go to to get that demand to build that market for them. And that's the tough part about this league right now and the decisions that have been made. And actually, to go back to that Damian Lillard conversation, this is the tough part about as, as all these teams and all these sports have been further corporatized, you, you narrow the scope on it, and there's very few teams out here that are out here making decisions based off of we just need to be some level of good. Everybody's making decisions on how do we be maximum efficient Right, everybody's in spreadsheets and these things, and I don't necessarily mean that entirely pejoratively, but that ends up being it, it, it creates a homogeny in think. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everybody thinks that they have to do it the exact same way. And the tough part about that for running backs is that means everybody believes that we should not pay your position. So the guys who honestly should deserve that money at that position, I don't know that there's anybody out there because if there's one person that believes you shouldn't be paid, everybody believes that you shouldn't be paid. And so I don't know who you go to and say, are you willing to pay me? And they say yes. Austin Eckler, who has vastly outplayed his four-year, $24 million deal, the advanced numbers love Austin Eckler's work. For example, from Bill Barnwell, for a back who was once considered too small to play near the goal line, he has scored 12 touchdowns on 17 carries inside the three-yard line, generating three conversions more than an average back would have in the same spots per NFL next-gen stats. So Austin Eckler, who has been not just a baller in the running game, but also in the passing game as well. Him and Christian McCaffrey, very comparable numbers when it comes to their abilities to make it happen in the passing game. But again, at age 27, how much more is in Austin Eckler at this point in his career and what team will be willing to maybe pay him a little bit more money given the number, given the play that he has displayed, but also relative to his age and what that means for him going forward in his career. I love this second question from Bill Barnwell because it's a very interesting one given what this team just did and the quarterback that they have, and it goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. Are the Chiefs putting Patrick Mahomes at risk? Now, here's how Barnwell starts off this uh, answer to this question. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Juju Smith-Schuster, let's get to the defending champs. One year after trading Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins and winning a Super Bowl anyway, Coach Andy Reid and company, we're comfortable walking away from another key offensive player this offseason. Now they also let go of Orlando Brown Jr. after franchise tagging him a year ago. 
Now they did bring in Jawan Taylor on a $60 million deal over the next three years. Uh, that will pay him $60 million over the next three years. But at the same time, you're looking at what he has left on that wide receiving core. McCole Hardman is a free agent. Yes, you still have Travis Kelsey there. But there are some questions with this wide receiver room. Now guys like Sky Moore and others are going to have to step up a little bit more going into this upcoming season. Can he elevate, continue to elevate what is this group here? Or do they find themselves possibly going and get a DeAndre Hopkins maybe, uh, which has been a possible winner? Hey, shout out to Artolo walking across the table right now. Yes, sir. I said shout out to you. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, uh, this is kind of what it is to be the best player in the league. You know, as, as a lot of people, at least the best quarterback in the league, which makes you the most valuable of all the players in the league, is that in order for you to get paid, right? Like, there's going to also, at some point, when your money becomes, you know, exorbitant as it is, right? We start talking about the pie. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some time where now we're going to ask you to do a little bit more and care a little bit more, and this is some of it, right? Um, that being said, are they putting him at risk? Yes, but that's the name of the game with that guy. And one thing about it is, at least with Patrick Mahomes, and maybe this is me just buying into the myth, but I'll be that. I believe fully that he is capable of, you know, being up to the task. That man is incredible. We've seen him with a bad line play incredible, and ultimately that team makes it to the um, makes it to the, the Super Bowl. We've seen him with lesser talent at wide receiver and as pass catchers and ultimately make it to the Super Bowl, right? You're going to pair those things together, the, diffi- you know, the, the, the difficulty's up, right? We move it up from pro to maybe all Madden, right, if we're going to talk about it in those ways. But the fact of the matter is that's part and parcel with having that level of talent, and you hope that that gives you a little bit more leeway, a little bit margin, a little bit more margin to have the team building be that way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they've done – I think they've done a really good job, though, um, when they when they are putting together teams of giving him something, even if it's not the top, give him something to work with, right? When you don't have Tyree Kill, give him a variety of different types of players that can get the ball in different places and make something happen, right? Um, and so that I can give Brett Veach his uh, his props for. But on top, but I mean, you always got to remember, Patrick Mahomes is a caliber of player where you hope that he can take all of the things that you give him and maximize them, and he has thus far. So I think that. It takes – it's just going to ask more of him as he goes along, and that was to be expected when he signed that 10-year deal. And Brett Veach, as you mentioned, is a guy that can find ways to be able to not only ball on a budget but make smart moves when he needs to. This is also the same guy that went out and got Kadarius Tony for yep. a bag of chips and was able to have an impact for this football team, especially as it got deeper into the season. And we saw that happen in the Super Bowl with his punt return that he had. So I don't have a lot of um, – concern or trepidation when it comes to the Chiefs' ability to surround Patrick Mahomes or Brett Veach's ability to try and do so. I think they'll be able to do it. And when you've got the QBs, you know, the best sport in the National Football League, um, you'll be you'll be okay with the best QB in the sport. And on top of that, we got an interesting text here from the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053, and they send this in from the 972. Mahomes' contract is relatively inexpensive for what he brings. Signed a very team-friendly deal. And the, tough, yeah. the thing about that is it becomes more and more team-friendly as you go along because he signed these numbers for the long period. And as, the, you know, as what we've understood is the salary cap going up and up as you get towards year three, year four, year five of that, it become, it, I'm sure we'll get to a place where we're like, oh, my goodness, how, is, how are you only paying him so much? So I think that that's also some of this is that you, you, will, you have to have your years 
where this will be a little bit slimmer than other times. And I think you might be reaching the point where some of that is there. But the idea that they are going to be entirely desolate is not something I'd see them doing. That's crazy because his cap hit for this year for Patrick Mahomes, this is mm -hmm. is only $39 million. There you go. That's a hell of a deal for a guy that's on the long-term deal that he is. Now, the way that they structured this contract, a lot of this is roster bonuses, restructures, workout bonuses, those kinds of things. But to still only have a cap at $39 million for a guy who's already a two-time Super Bowl champion, given what the QB market is, it's kind of crazy to think how the Kansas City Chiefs have been able to do this and do it year after year and now with Patrick Mahomes leading. Spread it out over 10 years. Yeah, you do that. And you do that very well. Last one here as Bill Barnwell has certain questions for us to answer after NFL free agency. And this goes directly to the NFC East and one that involves your Dallas Cowboys. Why are superstar corners suddenly cheap and available? This is a great question. And I don't think that I got into seeing what our guy Bill Barnwell was saying about that because I'm very interested in his theories on it, right? The tough thing about it is, um, at least from my perspective, that is a position of great need. And that is a position where I don't know that you have a ton of cornerbacks that you could say are at the top level. So in theory, right, if you go from a very basic um, market analysis, you would, you would think that, that would be something that was costly. But I guess we've also seen young players be able to step in and be good, right? Soft Gardner was immediately one of the yes. best cornerbacks in the league. So maybe there are some assumptions going on that you can go and get another one that will play at a high level. I mean, Tariq Woolen also rookie year, right? So maybe there you're seeing that the league is making assumptions that guys that are at that level or that are cornerbacks, you can get them in the draft and they will immediately be able to be some level of effective. So then that would drive down the necessity of overpaying or paying really high numbers on proven cornerbacks. Maybe that is what I mean, that's that's the best guess that I can give you off the top of my head. Well, just think about it. Just a few short years ago, Jalen Ramsey was traded for two first-round picks from Jacksonville to Los Angeles, and now he goes for a third. You think about a former Defensive Player of the Year, and Stephon Gilmore, back in 2019, goes for just a fifth-round pick. I think in the case of both the Colts and the Rams, the Colts will start off with because they're in transition mode. They're mm -hmm. not necessarily in a position where they can keep an aging corner who is going to be making nearly $8 million and be in a position to feel like that's the best use of their resources at this point. Sure. So you were able to take advantage of a team in transition that were looking to continue to build draft capital as they continue to reshape their roster, especially with new head coach Shane Steichen taking over there. But for the Rams and what they were trying to do, this was all about not only trying to get a little bit younger, but also alleviating salary cap restrictions that have obviously plagued them when they went, decided to go all in and going for the Jalen Ramseys, getting the Matthew Staffords and everything that they did. So you view it as circumstantial. You're just yeah. going to have circumstances that have made it so that you've had I some. I think this is more so gotcha. two very isolated situations okay. that made these two corners available, specifically with Jalen Ramsey going for a third-round pick. He had a desired location where he wanted to go to in Miami. They were able to facilitate that. And Miami looked at their situation and said, we compare him with Xavier Howard and arguably we have the best tandem at corner in the National Football League and be able to do so for just a third-round pick for a right. guy that's still under 30. Yeah, you make that move for the Miami Dolphins. So I think two very isolated situations when it comes to what the Rams and the Colts were dealing with that allowed the Cowboys and the Dolphins to take advantage of certain situations and be able to move forward there. But obviously a lot of questions still to be answered this offseason, what the second week of free agency will look like going into next week, 
Will the Cowboys be players when it comes to certain individuals who are still available, like the services of a Bobby Wagner, Odell Beckham Jr., among several free agents still available going into the second week of free agency? Not going to lie, that car bomb just said what's up. It's a get right. We're Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan live at the Eagles Nest in Fort Worth, 8455 Boat Club Road, NCAA Tournament Night. Mavericks about to tip off in about 15 minutes as they take on the Los Angeles Lakers in Tinseltown. Coming up next, speaking of the Mavericks and the Lakers, Mavericks fans aren't feeling Jason Kidd these days, but his players have a little bit of a different tune. What they had to say about him next on the get right. There's a reason you need a special license to drive a big truck, so companies that hire drivers and put them in a big truck should be held accountable for what happens when one hurts you. Frankly, you need Franklin Frankel. The consultation is always free. Visit truckrec.com. Back here live at Eagle's Nest in Fort Worth, 8455 Boat Club. Make some noise Woo! if you're in the building on this Friday night. Mavericks, Lakers about to tip off here in about 10 minutes as Kyrie Irving is back for your Dallas Mavericks. What they had to say about Jason Kidd relative to how Mavericks fans have been feeling about the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. We'll get into that conversation here. It's the get right with Reggie KG on 105. Three, the fan Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yes, sir. My man Rigo Mendoza holding it down for you here back at our DFWsecurity.com studios. Hey, at, Rigo. Uh-huh. Rigo. Hey, yes, sir. All right, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much fun does it sound like we have out here? Oh, wow. Wow, uh, like, that's so Like an 11. And, 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 and it's because, wow. you know, I, I'm hearing it on this side. So oh, yeah. okay. I wish I was okay. over there kind of thing. See, Rigo, I wouldn't ask you a disrespectful question like that because I like you. <laughs> no, you. no, no, but look. I like you. Thank Sometimes you, you got to hurt for the sake of our listeners. I just want the that's listeners wow. to know if you're driving around. For the sake of the listeners. If you, no, he does it for the people. Uh -huh. he, he's a man of the people like me. I'm like you, KG. Oh, I am um, the people's the pe champion. Oh, is that, is that the case? Relax. Get the people's eyebrow real quick. I'll admit there that it is true. Yeah, that is true. Is. Um, I, I but do hurt no. for the people, but, <laughs> but I already have hurt before because, you know, that, that one Saturday, you know, when y'all guys did a, a, a fan bowl? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll that's leave true. that there. Well, oh, I'll, ta I'll oh. talk to the boss about making sure you get to get out here. He said it took it all the way to the fan bowl. But I just okay. wanted to let the people know that are driving around the Metroplex at this moment. Hey, mm -hmm. you still got time. We here to 11. 11 o'clock, that's right. At Eagle's Nest. Live and local, baby. 8455 Boat Club Road, that's Fort right. Worth. Come and hang out. We got drinks. Uh, I had a car bomb. We're seeing how I'm dealing with it. Are you doing all right? You hanging in there. You hanging we got in there. food. Uh -huh. it's, it's real delicious. The wing's hitting. How'd that sandwich hit? It's hitting. The fries is good, too. A little uh, fried chicken sandwich here. Uh, getting me through, so going to be looking for something to drink here in just a moment. I just want to let y'all know. young self. Uh-huh. I just said, yeah, you 36. I, I relax. Uh, I just want to let that. people know don't that, you know, we're here. We're Appreciate still you. here and available, so come through and say what's up. Well, Kyrie Irving is available for your Dallas Mavericks tonight. Your I starting like five goes a little something like this. Kyrie Irving, Josh Green, Reggie Bullock, and how about this? The Dallas Mavericks starting not one, but two bigs in the front court tonight. He's listening. Maxi Kleba and Dwight Powell, the analytics say, is the Mavericks' best big man. So the two will be in the starting lineup together. So Kyrie Irving, Josh Green, Reggie Bullock, Maxi Kleba, Dwight Powell, your starting five for the Dallas Mavericks. Anthony Davis is available to play and will be good to go for the Lakers. But it was an article today from the Dallas Morning News' Callie Kaplan 
Let's have Mavericks fans talking a little bit because Mavs Twitter likes to stay on fire. And it did so and has been doing so over the last several weeks because they have not been pleased with the coaching of one Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd, of course, was. You say a, they. They. I'm are, talking. We, are we included? I think at times we're included in that. Okay. Because we look around at some of the decisions that Jason Kidd makes from a tactical perspective, from a uh, game management perspective, mm -hmm. and we kind of say, what the hell's going on, Jason? What are you Correct. doing? Correct. But he is the head coach, and it, according to his players, as Callie Kaplan eloquently wrote today in her piece, what the noise is on the outside, the players on the inside don't give a damn about, which they should. And which I say they should should not. There you go. Give a damn about. I, I understood what you were saying Thank you. to Thank the you. point that I, I didn't even understand. I didn't realize that's what you said. No, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. um, after the Dallas Mavericks got the win over the G League Spurs the other night in the most funny way possible, outside questions continue to persist for a Mavericks team that's four and nine since the February tenth NBA trade deadline. A team that has spiraled into the play-in tournament, but for the players on the inside, according to Josh Green, for example when talking about how the public perception of Jason Kidd is relative to how they feel about him in the locker room, he said, quote, he's a Hall of Fame point guard, one of the best point guards of all time, and you can tell by the way he coaches that he has that demeanor. A lot of coaches, they're tight, they're panicking, but he's very relaxed. He sees plays, he sees what's open, he knows what's working. It's good to have a coach like that. It's very motivating for the rest of the team, end quote. Huh. Is that so? Now, I will say the way that that lands, I would expect a player in that situation who is dealing with questions about a head coach who is a little bit embattled right now to encourage the confidence of his team and to those on the outside that what is happening inside that locker room is what needs to happen for this team to be successful. Sure. And Jason Kidd being their leader for them. But at the same time, Reg, what matters most is how these players feel about playing for this head coach relative to how we may criticize and how we evaluate the coach. All we ask is that there be consistency and transparency when it comes to the way that Jason Kidd operates. And from time to time, his words versus his actions don't necessarily seem to line up from time to time. Yeah, I feel like I'm asking a little bit more than just that. But I, I look. Again, At bare minimum. There you go. At bare minimum. I, I will agree with you that I find it somewhat encouraging to find, you know, if you want to find encouragement somewhere, that the players are still all in, right? And, of course, some of this you might respond to saying, what are they supposed to say, right? Like, are they supposed to get out in the media in year two as they gear up for a playoff push to then get out here and be like, nah, he don't know what he's talking about. Like, it's out here nonsense, right? I don't think that that was going to happen. But – I'm willing to take this at face value and say that at least there's a portion, if not the entirety of the team, that views Jason Kidd and they believe in his leadership, and that is something that is necessary to be successful in the NBA because one thing that you can, you can rest assured, as soon as you lose that locker room, you are dunzo in these streets. Like That is simply how it works in the NBA. It's not a big enough locker room for you to be able to muscle it. You do not have the level of authority uh -huh. that you have in football to be able to muscle it over. If they do not believe in what you're saying, you are donezo. So he, is, he still has that level of respect within the locker room. Problem is, right, the idea that he knows what is happening, I am not certain of that. And of course, I don't have but what I see to be able to go off of, right? right. So I can't tell you that for definitive that he does not know what's going on. 
and he has gone in such a way, and he said these things, like when Tim Cato wrote that, you know, they're going to use the season to experiment these things. I disagree with some of the ways that he is going about things. And the problem is I haven't seen enough things that point in the same direction that tell me, an outsider, whose opinion only matters but so much, that he has a firm grasp on the direction that he's trying to take this team. Sure. But, again, right, like if they believe and if he believes, I have to wait and see on these results. However, when these results come, we don't talk about this. Yes. Because one of the tough things about it, and I think everybody understands this to some de degree, if you're, if you're not going to be likable, you better have some results. Right? Because we are willing as human beings to cut folks that don't give us results a lot more slack if we like them. And I'm telling you, if you examine yourself, you'll find that you're giving some people a lot more slack than they deserve simply because you like them. Right? If you actually go and evaluate yourself. That's a whole different another topic that we don't have to discuss right now. But the way that Jason Kidd has kicked it, he's been a little abrasive. Yes. He's been a little ornery. He's seeming a little aloof. And so, again, that is his prerogative, and his team believes in him, and if he could produce the results, more power to him. I just have a little concern that he's put himself out here and exposed himself if, in the way where if this does not look like the way it needs to, it could be a problem. Now, I don't think that he's lost the support of Nico Harrison. I definitely don't think he's lost the support of Mark Cuban. So Correct. maybe that doesn't matter. But on the outside looking in, man, I got questions, and those are not going to be wiped away by the team saying, no, 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 trust us, he knows what he's doing. Because you can't be the coach who on one night says, I'm not the savior here, I'm not playing, I'm just watching like you guys, and then on another night say that no one's dying after a disappointing loss. These are the kinds of things that we look at Jason Kidd and the way that he comports himself whether it be the newfound way that he does based on what he learned in Los Angeles with the Lakers and being a coach who listens more, takes in more information before rushing the judgment and making the kinds of comments and things that we have heard from him in the past or reportedly he has done during his time in Milwaukee. What he does have to display, I think, for fans to feel a little bit more confidence in him as a coach is consistency when it comes to decision-making and the ability to show at least some type of urgency based on what this team is doing, and maybe that's what people from the outside want, but maybe that's what the inside needs from him is the way that he handles things, whether it be with the press or whether it, how it be, he handles it, you know, with his team. So, look, there have been a lot of things to criticize this coach about this year, whether it be not playing Christian Wood or having ineffective lineups based on the roster that he has in front of him certain coaching decisions, the use of timeouts, game management, game flow, and the ability to manage that. All of those things are worthy of criticism. Ultimately, though, he has to have this team ready to play night in and night out, no matter who is on the floor. And while his team has dealt with injury throughout the course of the year, with Josh Green and Maxi Kleba, and of course, Luka Doncic in and out of the lineup, he has to manage this the best way that he can. And if this is the way he feels he needs to go about it, then that's what he has to do and not change that for the sake of trying to please others on the outside because the minute he tries to start to please individuals on the outside, that's when things get flipped up and get lost. Stay true to who you are. Make sure that's what your team needs from you. Take the criticism as it comes. But ultimately, as you said, the results have to be there to be delivered for this team. Yeah, that's fair enough, right? Like, again, I, w I also, to be fully, you know, aware and, you know, kind of keep myself also under evaluation. If he was out here wavering on based on what the likes of us and others on the outside were saying and just going from pillar to post, 
based on what the discussions were out here, I would also have questions and criticism. So I do want to be fair in that regard. I mean, I think that all of this, all of these reactions and responses are just, I, mean, I shouldn't say just, but in large part into the idea that you have not seen the results and you've gone on a downslide um, on this season. Now, some of that, obviously, you could point to just poor luck of injuries. You could point to the roster built as it is. But there's I, I firmly believe that there's some coaching decisions that I think could go smoother. And so I we're going to talk about those things. And we, we just kind of have to hold on and see because, again, this is going to be results-oriented as it's always a results-oriented business. But he's also put us into a place where the benefit of the doubt, at least largely, when it comes to the fan base, is not going to be afforded to him. And in reading Callie Kaplan's piece in the Dallas Morning News, you talk about Josh Green, third-year um, guard, I guess is what we right. call him. It, he has that benefit of the doubt for Jason Kidd, right? You look at his quote, and he talks about he's a Hall of Fame point guard, right? And he is, he is developing or carrying a lot of clout based on his playing career. And that's cool, right? I'm not telling him he shouldn't. However, I would hate for him to utilize all of that, get to the end of that, and look up, and there's not the results that you want. The Lakers snapped a four-game losing streak against the Mavericks back on February 26th in that 111-108 win, which LeBron James suffered that tendon injury in his foot. Prior to that loss, though, Dallas had won four straight and six of the previous seven meetings against the Los Angeles Lakers as they take on the Lakers tonight. The Mavericks do lead the season series, which is very important. They lead the season series two games to one after taking the first two meetings between the sides this season before dropping their third meeting on February 26th. So a pivotal game tonight in Los Angeles. That's it. You mess around and lose, and y'all will have the exact same record. That's right. All right. So big reason why the Mavericks need to continue to win ball games, trying to find a way to possibly climb out of the play-in situation and somehow secure a top six spot in the Western Conference. They can go a long way toward that by getting a win tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, before we go, do you want to talk about this? Because you were mentioning earlier today about kind of a rumor that you heard that kind of I have decided that I think that that is the way that this goes based on other circumstances. But you want to talk about that? Yeah, Javon Bua of The Athletic said that the Los Angeles Lakers are most likely not going to be pursuing Kyrie Irving this summer. Now, a lot of this has stemmed from what the Lakers have been able to do recently with the acquisitions of Jared Vanderbilt, among others, and Anthony Davis playing like an absolute monster uh, in the way that he's capable of playing, and what they've been able to do with D'Angelo Russell as well. So it makes sense that what this team has, a young team, a younger team now with D'Angelo Russell, with Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Achimura there as well, and building around Anthony Davis and LeBron James for the foreseeable future, as long as LeBron James wants to play, that move makes sense. The other part about this, too, is that people have to remember going into this offseason is that the Mavericks have Kyrie Irving's bird rights, which means they can offer him more than anyone in the NBA to keep him going forward for their future. The question being how much are the Mavericks going to be willing to pay Kyrie Irving if he wants to stay around, but they do have the ability to give him more money than anyone else in the association. That is important in trying to help facilitate Kyrie Irving's decision about where he wants to play next season in Hold on. The way that you phrase that, I understand that you had to do that to make it clear. 
What do you believe? Do you think that they feel comfortable enough to give him the max that he is seeking? Because that's that's really this basis that uh, upon which I believe that he will remain a Dallas Maverick. They better be after what they gave up for him. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can't make a move in moving on from Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith and feel like that this is a player that won't be with your franchise beyond just being a rental. So I think you make that move knowing that you have a very good shot at keeping him beyond just this rental period for the rest of the season. That's going to be up to Nico Harris, you know, Nico Harrison, excuse me, Michael Finley, Andrew Baker, Mark Cuban, and this front office to be able to secure his services if that's what they believe he can be for this team. If nothing else, we have seen what a window, a small window, that is, of what it looks like for Luka Doncic to play with a superstar. And the returns, while, yes, the winning hasn't been necessarily there, you like the basketball that the two of them are playing, and hopefully some of that continuity will grow once they do get on the floor consistently together for the rest of the regular season. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Again, live wow. at Eagles Nest in Fort Worth, 8455 Boat Club Road. Mavericks tipping off right now in Tinseltown, taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. Coming up next, though, we go inside the gray area where Fairleigh Dickinson did something tonight with this that cannot be believed. We'll talk about it next in the Get Right. Back here at the Eagle's Nest in Fort Worth live. It's the Get Right with Reggie Casey hey, on 105. Hey, the fan. Make some noise if you're in the building on this Friday night. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Rigo Mendoza holding it for you. Holding it down for you at our DFWsecurity.com studios. My man, Scott Long. Shout out to my man, Scott Long. Our Putting this Odyssey thing together, my boy. Senior account manager handling this business every time we're on location. Appreciate you, sir, for all of your hard work on this Friday night. At also, Kevin. can I give a little shout out? Yeah. Shout out to the homeboy, Skywalker Steel. Hey, hey. Checking in on the boys as hey. we do the live show. That's my man, oh, Skywalker, yeah. man. We got to get together to go yeah. to a, a wrestling event. You know, Skywalker loves his pro wrestling. Wrestling. That's right, pro wrestling. That's my guy. We may have to get together for WrestleMania this year. WrestleMania goes Hollywood on April 1st and April 2nd. They paid to say that. They did not, but I'm excited for it anyway. Shout out to Roman Reigns, the American Nightmare. Taking on is that Roman what they call him now? That's right. He's the American Nightmare. Roman Reigns? No, no, no. Cody Rhodes. Oh, okay. Cody yeah. Rhodes. I was yes. like, did they change his character? No, 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 right. no, no, no. I don't know why I was asking like I care. <laughs> you sounded like you care. This, I got this, invested this, for no reason. You did get invested. You see how that happens to you? See how that happens? Absolutely not. Because everything Alec Medford is pro high school. Everything wrestling. is high school. Don't pro listen to him. Wrestling. You're going to end up in some place trying to cut a promo. Someone <laughs> will cuss you out. <laughs> at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg, at Atula. On Twitter, make sure you give us a follow there. Truckbread.com, text line 877-881-1053. Also live on Twitch mm -hmm. and on YouTube. Let me check in on my well. people, by the way. I'm, oh, I yeah, yeah. I didn't neglect it. I apologize. Uh, exactly. every, does Cuban have that money? He better. Uh, I mean, he should. Let's see. Let's see. You hit 36. Yep, that's yeah. right. Oh, that's wow. right. Uh, what else wow. do we got in here? Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Alec probably going to get the Snoop concert since he didn't get the Drake tickets. That's what's happening in here. That's basically Oh, it. oh okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I mm -hmm. uh, appreciate everyone joining us here on this St. Patrick's Day. Hopefully you're enjoying it safely and soundly, having a good time with your friends and your loved ones as we get ready for this weekend. Things have tipped off 
in Tinseltown. It is early in Los Angeles. It is 10 to 5. I know we got to find one of these. Yeah, we got to get on one of these TVs. Know, one of these 73 TVs up in here so we can see the Mavericks and the Lakers game. We got a 134 inch. Beautiful screen. 163 inch. Don't, uh, sh don't oh, short excuse, it. Excuse me, I'm yeah, sorry. Don't short it. It's a uh, lot of inches over there. Right in front of us. As Arizona State's taking on TCU in the first round of the NC2A tournament. As the Arizona State Sun Devils taking on the TCU Horn Frogs in the first round of the tournament. It is 10 to 5 early on. Lakers over the Mavericks, but about 824 left in the first quarter. Kyrie Irving back tonight. Maxi Kleber, the White Powell in your starting lineup, along with Josh Green and Reggie Bullock. But right now, Rigo, let's go inside the gray area here on the get right on this Friday night. Uh, and we start here because the NCAA tournament taking place. A lot of upset so far. Congratulations. Especially Bobby. Bobby was very upset. Very That's what upset. you meant, right? And, you know, I was thinking about something, Red. Something, there was an epiphany that hit me earlier today. And you know how I don't do recreational anger? That's what you say, but I don't believe you still. But what do we call the games in which an underdog or an un a team that's mm. lower seeded than the one that they are playing? What do we call that? We call it an upset. We call it an upset. That's bars. Y'all know nothing about that. So when someone gets angry, there's a reason because it wasn't theoretically supposed to happen. Thus, they call it an upset. You're welcome, America. You're welcome. You want to copyright that so that nobody else can use it? Uh, I got it. I'll have to clip it later, make sure I uh, save that for myself. Okay. Fantastic. Fairly Dickinson, though, check this out. So they took out Purdue tonight, right? Yes, that is correct. Becoming the second 16 seed in the history of the tournament to defeat a number one seed in the round of 64. Here's how wild this was. Did you know? How wild was it? Uh, I like what you did there. Yep. Did you know, ESPN, that Fairleigh Dickinson, the Knights, were not actually supposed to be in the tournament? No, I don't, I don't think. What, what do you mean? Like, they are there. So Check this out. What Check does that mean? Out. So, Fairleigh Dickinson literally was not supposed to be in the NCAA tournament. Now, Mary Mack won the NEC. Oh. But they're still transitioning to Division I basketball. That's right. So there's there's a like a grace period of sorts. That's right. Where they are prohibited from playing in postseason. It, it almost right. happened to James Madison. James Madison University who came up um, in, in football. In football, that's right. Yes, uh -huh. and they, they became Division One out of Division Two. They were not allowed to play in bowl games, even though they were a very good football team transitioning up. It's usually to give them, those teams or those, or those programs, an opportunity to kind of get the lay of the land. Uh-huh. That's, uh, that's really unfortunate, or I guess good for Fairleigh Dickinson. So Merrimack won the NEC, but since they were still transitioning to Division One, Fairleigh Dickinson took their place in the NCAA tournament, and what do they do? They take out the number one seeded Purdue Boilermakers making history tonight. They was playing with house money. They Why literally not? crashed the party and wasn't supposed to be there. To be fair, if Purdue did what they were supposed to do. We wouldn't be here. But this is how even. But I, I knew that they were kind of paper tigers. My problem is, yeah. as a number one seed, I can't, I can't not pick you in the first game. You know what I mean? Can't so not. I, I had them the into the game. Sweet 16, but losing to Memphis. So... <laughs> So I'm not going to hurt too bad as I give you the update on my bracket that nobody cares about. Just a fun <laughs> remember, reminder, whether it's your fantasy basketball, baseball, football team.
bracket. Nobody actually cares. We're just humoring you until you stop talking. <laughs> and that's me included. Uh, Thank you. Oh, the more you know. The more you know. Uh, shout out to the 806 on the Detroit.com text line. Sounds like the Get Right needs to do a weekly remote. Y'all are killing it tonight, fellas. You hear that, Scott? You hear that? You hear that, Scott? We need to do a weekly remote. They said they want us to do a weekly remote. He can't hear me. I'll, I'll tell you later. It's fine. <laughs> this guy's like, I can't hear you. It's I, not I, funny if uh, I have to say it twice. Exactly. Is that, yeah. That's okay. We'll tell him later. Um, but even more factoids when it comes to what Fairley Dickinson did tonight. Mm -hmm. Guess how many games they won just a season ago? Two. Uh, you can double that. Four. Four. Okay. They won all That's of what I said, four KG. How did you not hear me? games last year. Tobin Anderson was hired less than a year ago. His first Division I head coaching job. And, of course, he leads them to the biggest upset in the history of March Madness. Madness indeed. It is another reason why, Reg, you shouldn't get people, get upset at people who get upset when they lose, see their favorite team lose, what do they call this tournament? What is the moniker that we give it? And we call it an upset. No, no, no. What's the tournament? Oh, March moniker? Madness. March Madness. Okay. You really just you you're really laying it on thick with this. You know that, right? I'm just giving you the kind of logic that I thought you would appreciate. Why would I appreciate this? Because you're a logical young man, and you would appreciate the kind of connection that I'm making here between upsets and madness. Okay. No. Okay. All right. I look. We'll move on. I don't know what to say. What you want me to say? That I have all the momentum on my side right all now. All right. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I walked into that. You did. You fault. did. I was surprised you couldn't <laughs> even catch it as it was about to go down. It's about to go down, Kevin Hart. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, as we are inside the gray area Oh, here. that's what we're doing. I forgot. Oh, yeah. you didn't realize that's what we were doing? No, I honestly didn't. I got, I got caught up in the fun facts. Your segment is coming later. Okay? Yeah, yeah, and that's, little, that's what I'm preparing for at this moment. A little this or that <laughs> um, as we continue here. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's just some wild things to think about when it comes to right. what they did uh, and the NCAA tournament. Shout out to Fairly Dickinson for handling their business as they move on in the NCAA tournament oh. making history along the way yeah that's what i need to do i need to make sure my bracket i had my memory in my bracket right because somebody asked memphis oh, and i was like oh did i not did i not think of the right thing did i did i claim the wrong team oh did you, to be your Purdue? bracket your bracket i mean at least you still got houston winning the national championship oh absolutely and and at I, least you got that yeah i had them losing to memphis that's right that's uh, right. uh shout out to sabrina ionescu oh yeah we got the signature shoes on that's deck. right becoming the newest member of the nike signature family joining the growing team of women to partner with the brand, including Serena Williams, Megan Rapino, and Naomi Osaka. The Sabrina One and Signature Apparel Collection releases this summer. It's coming from Boardroom. So shout out to Sabrina. And you know what's cool about them? They very much look like Kobe's, which honestly makes sense, right? When, when uh, players get signature shoes, it really is a shoe that is designed for them to play in. Uh -huh. And, of course, like the shoe company is going to try and make it as marketable as possible because that's their incentive ultimately they're building these not just for this player to have a nice shoe but to be able to sell them um but sabrina i can tell that she's probably hooped in kobe's for all her life she that was uh, her mentor before he passed away tragically and so it makes sense that they are very kobe-esque but i do know that when kobe passed there was a run on kobe shoes and people love playing basketball or just wearing kobe so i do i'm kind of excited that you now have even if they are not exactly kobe's themselves a shoe that maybe looks akin to those, because I do think that that might be something that uh, you know some sneakerheads or you know hoopers will gravitate to that are nice and that will be useful. 
that does uh, raise the question for me personally. So when is Adria Wilson getting her own shoes? Because Great let me question. tell you, Great significant, significantly better player. No shade to Sabrina. Um, but, yes, I would I would be interested in some Adria Wilson shoes personally. I'm so excited for the WNBA season. Like I said, just wake me up when we get to Liberty Aces in the, NBA, in the WNBA final. Just wake me up when we get there. Uh, finally, inside the gray area, the headline goes like this. It's coming from TMZ. Family few contested charged with murdering his wife. What? Shocking answer on the show. Huh? A family few contesting prosecutors a big clue in their case against him. On the show? Allegedly murdering his wife. His response to the, quote, biggest mistake you made at your wedding. Dog. Timothy Blindfick. What? Blindfinick. Oh, yeah, I forget. You be having a hard time. Let me get your word of the no, day. No, right, relax, relax. Up right now. Uh, who was arrested Monday and charged with two counts of first-degree murder and one count of a home invasion taped an episode of The Feud back in 2019. Steve Harvey put him on the spot when it was his turn to answer the question, what's the biggest mistake you made at your wedding? His answer, saying I do. Oh, okay. I thought he was like, I thought he was really dry snitching on the family feud. Fast forward to late last month when his estranged wife, Rebecca, was found dead inside her home. Timothy has been charged with breaking into her home and shooting her multiple times. The couple was living apart in the process of divorcing. Now, his answer triggered gaps, uh, gasps from the audience as he quickly added he loves his wife. Sure. As you know, the answer, of course, is based on 100 members of the studio audience. And incredibly, I do was the second most popular <laughs> answer. Because everybody else thinks it's, it's a jokey joke. Ah, oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah, yeah, my yeah. wife, oh, she's such a nag. I hate it. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, clearly. The problem is you just established motive. How, yes. you, how you feel now, stupid? There it is. How you feel now, stupid? Established all kinds of motive to where Mr. Timothy was arrested for allegedly murdering his wife that's a very sad story to be putting in this very fun segment well the moral of the story here happy wife happy life and keep your mouth shut oh family feud don't dry snitch is the moral of the story for real way to bring it full circle full circle that is inside the gray area here on the get right with reggie cagey be careful with your answers on family feud coming up next Live at Eagles Nest here in Fort Worth. Get you caught up on the latest headlines, including the NCAA tournament upset of the night, as well as other headlines in the world of sports. We do that next on 105.3 The Fan. I was like, it's about to go down. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. 
Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.